Evening all, um, and welcome back to the Dark Side podcast. Uh, so now we've got actually Hoover and Bloke, got Kev Dye coming on. Um, so Kev will be on in one moment. Um, and tonight we're going to like, obviously chat as much as we can, so in the hours like I always say, um, get as much content done as well. Because um, most of uh, what I'm hoping to do is we'll do the hour now and then uh, as, try and get uh, as many people on as possible and try and get other, uh, get people back on. Because um, I know there's a lot more we can definitely cover um, within the hour. So what I'll do is like um let's say we'll get on, have a good chat, um, cover the basics, cover the foundations, um, so we'll cover as much as they like say always can do. Um it is quite restrictive, but uh, do the best we can there. Plus also um I'm uploading all this um it's not just on my IGTV, it's always it's also gonna go on like Spotify, iTunes, so we'll be uploaded there. Kev's just jumped on there, so um give it one moment there and then um once Kev um, flies over that request button and we'll get this rolling. Let's just wait for this to load up now. Right. I'll just be one moment now. Wait for the connect up. Hello, mate. All right. Evening. Yeah, good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, good. Thanks, mate. I've actually got a shout out to say as well before we jump on board. I was speaking to Lil Rebs yesterday and she says a big hello. (laughs) Yeah. When did she say? When did you? When was that? I was speaking to her last night. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well. I was speaking to Lee and actually says, say hi, big hi to Kev. Oh, see who, see who joins in now. Yeah, yeah. I really should just jump on board there. So what I always this is, like I said, it's very free-flowing. I always like to keep it that way, but always try and work on around uh, personal evolution and development or personal de- development evolution, um, get into that conversation. So really what we like to do is always get a bit of a backstory for anybody watching and going to be potentially listening in time to come. So if you just want to jump on and just give you a bit of a um, backstory for yourself there, yeah, sure. I mean, I suppose my, my main story people would be interested in is uh, obviously joined the Marines yeah. um, when I left uh, college. That was like uh, 1999, I think yeah. it was, um, and passed out then in the summer um, the following year. Um, I was one of the lucky sort of troops that um, when we passed out, um, I think we had like a week off, yeah. and then we went straight into um, Sierra Leone. Right, right. So that was just... Yeah. And, and it was like, it really brought home to me straight away. It was like, whoa, you literally finished training. And, and there's no sort of, you know, bedding in period. It was, it was straight out and straight onto us. Was ops. that in the summer of 2000, wasn't it? Yeah, that was, so the first one we went on was Op Palliser. Yeah. Um, and that was to basically uh, extract all the British personnel that were, were trapped in and around um, Freetown. Yeah, because I was on an RF at Argus. Um, June 2000. Oh, yeah. Went down because what happens, we went down to Tenerife. That was in June 2000, waiting for the green light to go in. We got pulled back. Yeah. And then, like the next um, set of lads went down and they actually came in. Yeah. So that, and that was like, um, that, that really sort of, like I said, it was, it was straight out, straight onto Watts, and you yeah. were straight into um, a, a troop out on the ground. And within like seven days of passing out, we were patrolling around like the, the jungle villages and that. Yeah. And, you know, it was. It's quite a quite a gnarly thing to do. It's, it's a new, we're one of the strange sort of 
forces that actually do that, that go straight from training and you're, you're ops ready straight away. Um, so, yeah, so um, my first unit was 4-2 down in Plymouth, 4-2 commando. And um, like I said, I think I was just lucky at the time. We, we had like a good string of yeah. ops come through all the time. It was a good time to be in the corps. Definitely. Um, and then in between that, um, I was... I was, you know, I was really privileged, really, to be asked to do a sniper acquaint. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I, I'd always had that in my mind, but to get it quite early, I did it, I think, in my, um, it was just towards the end of my second year in the unit, to, to get a chance to go on the sniper acquaint. Um, I mean, I don't know whether you know much background about the, the Marine sniper course. is like world-renowned. It's yeah, yeah, really definitely. highly regarded. Yeah. yeah. And it's a very, it's a very like close fought thing to yeah. to get on it, let alone pass it. Yeah, definitely. Because um, it was, um, I know James Borman. I don't know if you know of James. He um, no, I don't form, know. Yeah, he's former sniper. Does like the man coach now. Uh, does his own platform for like health and fitness. Uh, but I've I've yeah. read up quite a bit when he's put things on online as well. Oh yeah, it's, and it's it's unbelievable because like um, you sort of, for example, on the snipers course. Yeah, the SAS and SB are sending their lads on yeah. that course. That's the sort of regard that it's, yeah. it's got. And yeah. Um, yeah, so I was, I was really fortunate to get that early on in my career. Um, and then subsequently then deploy on ops as um, a sniper because I got, um, we got re-rolled um, into, I think it was something like called Commando 21. They basically took all the commando units, rejigged yeah. them. Uh, and then that was just before going into Iraq then for Telic yeah. in 03. So I was really fortunate to be in recce troop uh, for Telic and go on to some, you know, we had some really good task ins on that. Absolutely. Because um, I know when I, I joined in February 99 and it was when Bosnia was kicking off because um, actually yeah. some of some of our guys, uh, some of the instructors, they actually had to leave um, and go off and do ops and that. But So that was around the same, obviously the same time we, uh, obviously we joined at the same time and around that one. And I know that was like, for that period, it was literally rolling. It was either Bosnia or Gulf. Oh, yeah. Literally one or the other. Yeah, there was there was lads that were like um, ops hopping. So they go yeah. from like, they stay in like 4-2 and do um, a tour, then literally put a draft in to go to 4-5, do another tour, and they just keep rolling and rolling yeah. to ops. And it was like, if you wanted back it, it was back. there. Yeah, definitely. It was like back-to-back, -back, wasn't it? Almost like, I know lads who literally oh. came off board after being uh, Bosnia, and then literally went back on board straight out to like the golf and it was like backwards and forwards. That's yeah. what I did. Yeah. And you know, like there was, and the, that opportunity was there and there was, there was plenty of people ready to volunteer to do it. Absolutely. You know? And as well, lads were making Absolutely. a fortune, weren't they? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And to be fair, I think go, everybody I've spoken to, I think it's like, they've always, they've said it themselves. It couldn't have been the, the best, it's probably the best period of time anybody that's serving them um, in the military. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely, 100%, because um, even now I'd argue that it's, it's gone quite sterile, quite quiet, yeah. and yeah. Um, it, especially for the ones that have gone through that period, they must now be chomping at the bit to go and do something else. Absolutely. Cause exactly, because I think that's what it is, that learning curve. I think if anything, if you think about that period of time, how the learning curve was massive, because there was, there was only a Northern Ireland, really, Northern Ireland, uh, Bosnia. Yeah. There was very, it was very downtime. There wasn't very much going on in one sense. Yeah, one I, sense. I can remember um, we had like, um, uh, I think just before we went to the second Sierra Leone, Silkman, yeah. 
the commanding officer got the whole of the unit together in Plymouth. And back then, the, the sweats of the unit, if you like, yeah. uh, you had, um, you know, they had their uh, Falklands medal, yeah. you'd have a, an NI, and maybe a Bosnia or Yugoslavia medal, yeah. and that was it. And it, yeah. was, it, would like, it would be the odd one. And now, when you see lads lined up, you've yeah. just got to take a look at, like, Remembrance Day. There's lads yeah. with, like, just two full rows yeah. of, of medals, and, and they're, you know, they're young lads. Um, but I think it's, it's done us wonders, I think, as a nation. Definitely, definitely. For our fighting force, I think it's really put us right, right up there now. With the, we got all the skill sets that I think we were maybe forgetting a little bit. Yeah, because I think that's what it is. It's because you see, because I've always found that myself that period of time pre that was very, very we, there was very limited ops in that sense. But there was also that gave people yeah. limited experience. But then it started rolling in that operational those tours, and it was literally back to back tours. It, you know, you think yeah. about that period of time. It was so much had been learned that you could see how it evolved completely from that first, from yeah. Telic one right the way through how the evolution of that and evolution of warfare us as a like a you know a fighting force oh. how we evolved in the te- in the equipment that we were given you know it started with nothing and how we basically picked it up and thought right let's roll with this yeah and it showed as well some of the tactics that we'd been sort of sort of just got blinkered into yeah didn't work anymore yeah. yeah. I remember um, when we uh, when I came back from uh, Iraq, they started drafting uh, corporals that had served in like Iraq and Afghan. Um, started putting them into um, training instructor billets yeah. because the knowledge that they had, they had to pass that on. Yeah, and and it, it became very obvious very quickly that a lot of the tactics that we were teaching the recruits were defunct. They, they didn't work anymore because yeah. it was a different battlefield now. Yeah, exactly. Gone, it was... gone were the days of like yomping along with your entire life on your back yeah. and staying out for three, four weeks at a time. It's not going to happen anymore. No. No. It, it, it's quick, like, you know, rapid ops. That's what, that's what the, new, the new battles are. I think that's what it was, is it was that kinetic action that created that mindset and it did change. And it's like you adapt and overcome to all those different scenarios. Because I know, like, obviously, like I was saying, with a lot of lads, they were literally, I'm thinking, on, uh, it was literally the back end of, I would say, 2000. I was on security at Cold Rose and I saw about 30 lads hand their jits in and went, right, that's it, I'm out of here. Because yeah. they were so bored of that monotonous back to back, like I said, Bosnia or golf. And, it, and basically, it was like people, they were just handing out medals. They were just like, okay, right, you're out to the Gulf. You're out to Bosnia. And literally one, one yeah. chief turned around and went, I got it for like literally being in country for like two days. You know, yeah. That was it. You know, that was the thing. But then the whole, you know, that, that change, that pace was massive. And I know obviously people have spoken to, and I've had a couple of veterans on here, I'm going to get some more on who've done like Basra and how they were like, and talking about equipment and basically it would, they were talking, it was like a, a Northern Ireland scenario had been put into Basra and Iraq and, you know, on Telic one. And it was just how it yeah. just didn't work. And it was, I know Dan Mills yeah. as well wrote about it, you know, a lot. And obviously Gaze Jones as well. You know, it's quite a few people have it, literally said, man, this is absolutely madness. Yeah. The, the tactics just, you had to learn. It was very much learning on the job, but you know, when we were going into that new battlefield, yeah. you know, that, all of those tactics don't work. Yeah. So you, you had to think on your feet, and I think we got very good at it very quickly. Yeah, because we're quite good at that. In, uh, yeah, and I tell you what, we're good at as well. Um, we're we're not scared to put boots on the ground. Yeah. And I think the Americans learned this at their detriment. They would just stick to the roads in Humvees, and they were just like RPG magnets. They yeah. would just, you know, they get 
ambushed everywhere they went. Yeah. But we would like flood the town and actually push through all the alleyways. And it'd be like, you know, some of that skill was learned from the Northern Ireland, you know, yeah. splitting up into little four man teams, little multiples, because you, all of a sudden you're everywhere. Yeah. You know? So I think it was a blend of the two things coming together. But yeah, I think, it, I think it's done us a world of good in terms of our fighting ability. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, because like you said, if you think about it, that was the kind of operations they were doing was those, like, you know, either it was either experience from Belfast or it was literally like yomping with, like yeah. you said, your house on your back. And, and I think what it is, is we, you can always become comfortable in those scenarios. And I think that's how we, you know, we, we change massively. And like, like you said, we're very good at that, adapting to those situations and then applying it to a whole new scenario. And I think what it was, yeah. was plus also, like, I know myself as in those those years, especially 99 onwards, it was that, the, the, you know, tri-service where everybody worked together. I mean, we had uh, bootnecks on board who literally came on board and were working with us. You know, we literally you know, it had the ocean, you know, it was, it was one of the yeah. best times. I mean, it was that transition. And I've seen it how we, I mean, even on, we were getting, I got trained by uh, bootnecks myself on security um, details, you know? Yeah. It was it was such a, a high, and even being trained myself, I know that we're doing the security, um, working on security group. How the the training I was given, it was, it was just you're blown away by the, the knowledge, and that was you know just that that basic knowledge like skill set, and then but what you've seen exactly what you said there, how it evolved to what it was in different conflicts and different scenarios, and like you said, very yeah. very true, how you can adapt and overcome to any situation really. Yeah, and I tell you, the other thing I liked about particularly like um, Talik, where it was a very sort of different landscape to, to the norm that we were used to, yeah. was all of a sudden all this like Gucci kit come out of nowhere. And yeah. We were like, there's this bin all the time. You know, like we were given these, I think they were called like um, lion sites or something, which yeah. is an American like thermal site. Yeah. And we were like, where have these been all the, all the time, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, like, you know, all of a sudden I'm, as a sniper, you used to sort of trudging around with just one other guy. All of a sudden, we're given a quad. We're given, yeah. you know, it's got Law 94 hanging off it. We've got all the, you know, all, all this Gucci kit. kit all of a sudden. And we're like, ah, we can get used to this. Oh, no, yeah. definitely, definitely. Because I know there was one post you, um, I think you put you posted up a couple of times. And it was with you with the, with the quad, um, quads there. And I was like, did Lewis Collins actually, you know, style himself on you? <laughs> Well, maybe. I'm not going to say yes. I'm not going to say no. Can I ever confirm but, or um, deny? A fun, yeah. There's a, there's funny, uh, i got a funny story about that quad. Um, I was sat on that uh, exact quad, and we were just waiting for the um, final call to push into Basra Palace for yeah. it to all kick off. And I was sat next to an American Amtrak, which is a big um, American um, and, like, personnel carrier. Yeah. And this little blast shield opened. I heard an American voice go like, Hey man, uh, you're not thinking of going in on that, are you? And I looked up and went, "Yeah, yeah." And I, all I heard was like thirty voices burst out laughing, and then he just slammed the the, the blast thing shut again. I was like, "Oh God!" You know, <laughs> especially because that. Thought I was a lunatic. Big, don't they? They had to have like you know thirty tanks. Oh, they're, they're, they're all or nothing. They're all yeah. or nothing, and I'm sat next to him like on my own in a quad with a bolt action weapon. You know, it's just. <laughs> but um, yeah. It was, um, I, I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed Iraq for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, because it was the first time as well where, let's be honest, we were all doing the job that we 
signed up for. Definitely. This is the job that was in all the brochures, in all the, yeah. you know, this was the one where all of that happened. You know, but, you know, the other side of it is, you know, we, we lost guys. I remember yeah. hearing on the, um, on the helipad when we were due to go in, um, a really bad snowstorm um, prevented 4-2 from lifting off on time. Yeah. We were actually delayed. And we were hearing over the net that like 40 were already in um, having contacts. You know, they were fighting in through um, Kazar and that into yeah. the port. And we were just like itching, just let us get on yeah. that battlefield, you know. And it was like the strangest sensation ever to be want to be there. Yeah, you know? definitely, definitely. Because I'm in relative safety here in Kuwait, but I want to be over there now because I know that some of my brothers are having an absolute, you know, they're having a good, decent fight there. You know. Yeah, definitely. Because I think what it is is you can train and train and train as much as you want, but it will never ever, you know, give you that real time uh, like experience. No. No, no. And I tell you, the the first time I was ever shot at was in Iraq, yeah. and I tell you what, the way you react to that is mental. Yeah, everyone reacts to it slightly differently, and I was just—I had this overwhelming, like I was just really annoyed. Yeah, I was really annoyed yeah. that someone had decided to take a shot at me. You know, and it's just—you don't think that you will ever, you know, react that way. Yeah, but you, I was so annoyed, you almost forget to sort of do your drills and take cover. You know? Yeah, so I was a bit like, God, when you sit back and think about it in retrospect, like my God, I just stood there just having an absolute rant. You know? Yeah, because I it's think just, what it is I is that, that how the brain you kind of freeze, but then you like I said the drills just kick in. You're just like straight in there. Yeah, like, it, felt, know, it felt like an eternity for me yeah. that I was stood there. It was probably yeah. milliseconds, but yeah. Know, but like I know, say that because I know that part when I was doing training on the board on board ships when doing ships protection and literally that scenario when you've got some guy there and he's pulling up the nine mil and it's like those and it's literally thirty seconds from that point to that and you're literally yeah. aiming and you're just like. Right, and you've literally, like you said, 30 seconds, but it felt like five minutes. Yeah, you feel like you're there for an eternity, but yeah, um, yeah like yeah. The, the drills kick in and, and you're there. But um, yeah, I, I, I certainly enjoyed like my, my, my career through the Marines. That was, um, and it, to be totally honest, the only reason I left was because of the, I'd successfully gained a place in the fire service back home. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was always my plan. If I didn't get into the fire service, I'd just uh, withdraw my chit to leave and I'd stay in. Yeah, it was so, always the plan. So how long did you actually serve then? I left in 2006. Yeah. So that was just on like seven years, I think. Yeah. Um, and it was quite <laughs> good timing because I literally sort of left on the Friday. Yeah. Um, I had the Saturday and Sunday off and then started uh, firefighter um, training on the Monday morning. So there's literally like two days of decompression and then straight back into it. Yeah, because it, cause it really... I think that did as well. Yeah, definitely. Did, did you find that that transition from being from the, obviously military into the fire service? And, it, and I know, obviously, speaking to other uh, people who have served the fire service, did you ever find that there was really that transition was so smooth because of the, the mentality still the same, isn't it? That team uh, teamwork. Yeah, I said, oh, it, it certainly helped going into a... Um, an organization like the fire service um, there's 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 veterans hidden at every corner in the in the fire service um, and the certain mantras are the same so you're learning things by drill do you know yeah. what i mean repetitiveness over and over again and you know like you were told right your parade in the morning is this time uh, then you're doing this it's all very structured very very similar yeah and i think that helped 
in, in those initial 12 weeks um, because it was effectively like being in the military, not to the, the degree of like, you know, shouting and screaming, yeah, yeah. but just in a different yeah. outfit, you know? Definitely. Because um, yeah, I, I, think... I know that, like, because um, I know a lot of lads who've done ship, like, the, um, ships handlers, uh, aircraft handlers and that, they went on to do it yeah. straight away, that transition from that to fire service, civilian fire service, because it was it was identical role for them, really. But it's great, yeah. how you, you know, how you've gone from that transition of that, you know, from the Marines into the fire service. And that's, that's always an interesting one that because of that transition, it's quite, it seemed like quite a smooth one. Yeah, it was, um, it, I feel like I had a lot of help um, in terms of, um, because there's, there's quite a few veterans in the fire service community yeah. anyway. It's a very similar um, aspect. A lot of the jobs are very similar. There's, you know, like the dark humour. Yeah. You have to have it. Yeah, yeah. You know, otherwise you go stir crazy. Yeah, um, and um, it's, it's a strange thing, but it, it just seems it's a natural gravity for, fire, uh, for veterans to become firefighters. Yeah. It, it seems to be one of those jobs which just they naturally can do. Yeah. Because do you think it, it's because of things you've learned in the teams. Do you think it's because it, we're from work, working from small teams and also the, in, the environment is very pressured where, you know, that mindset yeah. where you can adapt to that situation? Yeah, I think it's... it's Ultimately, I think it's because of the seriousness of what you do. Yeah. You know, yeah. you are, you know, the old adage of, you know, someone's life could depend on what you're yeah. doing. And if you get it wrong, ultimately, someone could lose their life. Absolutely. You know? And Absolutely. It's, that, it's that focus where, you know, don't get me wrong, the fire service is full of banter. And, yeah. you know, there's a time to have, you know, all the, all the fun and all the everything that comes with it. Yeah. But every, every lad, particularly all the guys on my station, um, when when it comes to it, it, it's you know they're switched on and it, it's get the job done and and I think that that is is an appeal for me. Yeah, that, definitely. That I like yeah. being part of that. You know, I can just see a couple of them joining that. <laughs> definitely, Richard Bailey. Because I know, like um, when I was doing the, the firefighting course uh, for ships firefighting, and that scenario, if anyone's ever oh. done that, you're literally that teddy That's bear. Honking. Ah, uh, that teddy bear outfit. And I see when you're putting those flames and that's it. And it's literally you're in a wall of flames and all you see and you're sweating on the inside of your respirators and, oh. you know, and it is a hell of an environment when you've experienced it. And that's yeah. just a training scenario. Yeah, it's honking. We did, uh, did it down in Plymouth, actually, with, with Celsius Fire and Rescue, but we went down to Plymouth yeah. to do the ship firefighting course in, uh, is it Rally? They do it somewhere. They did it Rally, but I think we, I did one up in Glasgow. So I did one. Um, yeah. So I did one there, Faz Lane, um, and then I did one down near Whale Island. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think right. Whale Island. Yeah, I think, we, I think we were definitely down in Plymouth, and um, oh, it's honking. It yeah. is honking. Like you say, it's just a big hot metal box. Yeah. And it goes against everything that we're as civvy firefighters. It goes against everything because in like the the naval firefighting, it's just chuck water everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. in and in civvy firefighting, you you, reduce, you you limit the water because it just creates more steam and you get hotter. Yeah, so definitely. It was it was like a completely alien thing, but it was a great laugh. We had a great laugh and uh, we had a good night after as well. <laughs> Absolutely, because I know like you have to when you're one of the exercises when you've got to go in and find the person who's like you know you think this person's in here and you think about the technology back then, it was literally you were just literally yeah. somebody on your shoulder. Crawling around. Somebody, yeah, it was literally crawling through this this thick smoke 
and on literally crawling to try and grab somebody and pull them out. And that's all you had. It was, you know, we had no technology, even thermal you know, cameras yeah. was basically one big box. And that was only for the instructors just to watch us. Yeah, it took two men to carry it. Yeah, it literally was like a Russian video camera. What then? You know what I mean? It was massive. Yeah. Yeah. But I know, like, um, I mean, really, that's that's what I. So I can definitely relate to what you're saying there. And I know somebody had said, and uh, where about you, you are? You in one? Uh, I think it was Neil Adams' gym. Oh, I'm in. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, I am in uh, mindset. Yeah. Was it yeah. quick draw coffee? Yeah. Yes, uh, yes, mate. I'm in. Uh, Neil's gym. I got a meeting with him after this for a couple of things we've awesome. got going on. Hopefully, definitely. So then, moving on from that, because I, I what I can see is you had a very kind of you've all the way through from joining the Marines, then to the fire service. So, how long did you were in the fire service for? I'm still in it. You still it's still in still serving. Still in yeah. it now. So I, I've only done two jobs in my yeah. life. <laughs> but it's, it's um, such yeah, a, it's such a good career though. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's one of those ones where, you know, very few people leave. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, the main the main thing for leaving now is is mental health and PTSD, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. It, it's very much yeah. prevalent just as it is in the in the forces. It is amongst the, well, all three emergency services, to be fair. Yeah, um, But, um, yeah, there's not many people that leave. Yeah. It's, it is one of that take that that scenario that you, you're pointing on something very very important there because I know um, Dr. Sabrina um, she um, yeah 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 uh, I know her she, yeah she, absolutely fantastic I, I, we were chatting the other day and yeah I hope to get uh, Sab on you know in time to come because it's, oh, it's yeah. so busy in that but I read her book and it was just like that's bang on the money that is absolutely on point and I think it's a massive issue that does need to be raised because those scenarios what people you know get themselves into you know it's horrific on every point and I think that's a really yeah. important part is mental health. And that is obviously emergency services um, as well as the military. Because it, it, people always tend to always go straight on to, oh, mental health is, you know, veterans, military. But they forget about yeah. the emergency services. It's such, you guys, what you do is such a massive, important role. You are saving lives every single day. And to be honest, I don't think you're praised enough. Oh, thank you. But um, do you know what? A lot of, um, uh, a lot of the guys... You know, they do it and they hear the thanks and they're just like, oh, don't be silly. I'm doing, you know, I'm doing this for, you know, I want to be here. I want yeah. to be doing it. Um, but what we're sort of noticing, the PTSD side of it, is it's very difficult to process the aftermath of incidents. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you're going home to family members that you maybe don't want to share details with, you know, quite rightly so. Yeah. Um, so the only t opportunity you've got is when you're on station um, talking to the guys and girls on your watches. Um, and everyone will, everyone will have a different aspect of the job, which, yeah. they, which they, I'm not going to say struggle with, but yeah. maybe plays on their mind more than others. You know, yeah. and, I, and I'll happily tell yeah. you, mine, which caught me completely off guard, I struggle quite a bit with the emotional attachment to incidents. Yeah. And by that, what I mean is, um, if we turn up to uh, a house fire, and most of the family are outside and there's one missing that's inside, yeah. you see, as they maybe start to realise that that loved one isn't coming back out, yeah. you see their reaction to that, and that's really hard to process. Yeah. You know, because, you, you know, particularly coming from the military, we didn't see that side of it. No. You know, we didn't see any of that at all. And then having to be there when a, when a family are being told that potentially they've lost a loved one, yeah. Honestly, mate, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely heartbreaking. And you've got to sort of, 
you're trying to be professional. You're trying to be that, you know, that, you know, I've got all the answers for you and, you know, I know how to treat you. But yeah. in, inside, your, your mind's racing because you don't know yeah. what to say or do, you know? Yeah. And that, that really blindsided me. Early on in my five years career, that really blindsided me. Yeah, because you've got to have that compassion, but it is such a, like you said, such a hard environment. And that's, you know, you can, you know, you're physically able to do a job. You know, you can get in there and you can get the job done. But it's like you said, when you've got to bring the human element into it, that compassion. Yeah. Yes, you oh. can have compassion, but you've also got to have that switch where you've got to, you know, think, right, there's nothing I can do. You've got to accept it. Even though you're fighting it, you're thinking, no, I want, you know. Yeah. And it, it's the hardest thing, that emotion. And I think that's something that really needs to be brought out. And, and, you know, I really hope that it does get, you know, a lot more, especially emergency services, because it is, you know, some of the hardest environments People think that when you talk about yeah. things like war and, you know, conflicts, to be honest, um, it, it, you know, it doesn't, people forget that this is what people face on a daily basis, you know, in yeah. emergency services, you know, you, you turn up, um, you know, fire, like house fires, you know, those different scenarios, you'll turn up at like, um, you know, roadside accidents, it's all this different, yeah, yeah, and it's playing on people's minds. You're sitting there, you're watching it, and you've, you know, you're absorbing this. And I, and I really think they should put more focus on the emergency services. Yeah, I think, um, I think internally, the, the emergency services are, are, are onto it in terms of yeah. mental health. Um, I know for our fire service now, they, it's a very similar. Do you remember the trim model? For the military, it was like a, yeah. um, uh, a way of assessing uh, the impact of an incident on yeah. someone. Um, yeah. They've adapted something very, very similar to that. Um, so we do, and, you know, in fairness, we have, like, if we have a, what I'd say is quite a nasty call, yeah. um, you will be contacted by the occupation, Occupational Health Unit, the fire yeah. service, and they will tell you about, like, this is what you can get. This is the support if you need it, yeah. you know, and, and they're on to that, which is it's really good to see. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're absolutely right. The, um, the stress level, and it's all self-induced stress. Yeah. That, that's the hardest part is because you want to be the... When, when that call comes in, that's probably someone having one of the worst days of their lives. Yeah. And you want to be that person that doesn't let them down. Yeah. And it's that pressure yeah. that you put... You build that pressure on yourself. You know? Yeah, yeah definitely. Because I, th I think that's what it is, is people forget that part. They forget that, you know, that you turn up at the location, you either put the fire out or, you know, you, you administer first aid, you know, but that it's literally, like you said, that pressure. And I think what it is, is I always say the term is that, that pressure cooker because you can put so much in, oh, yeah. but you need that outlet. You need that stress relief. Do you, have you seen a big transition or should I say, have you seen a big shift in the way that mental health is viewed over, you know, since the time you've been uh, in, yeah. in the fire service? Oh. Yeah, without without doubt, um, it always happened. Um, you would always be, you would have a, you'd have a call. You come back to the station, and yeah. it would be a, a general rule of right, lads, let's get a cup of tea, all sit together, and have a bit of a chat about yeah. it. And that stigma now, like if there ever was a stigma about, you know, oh, I'm struggling, yeah, that's gone. Yeah, you know, and we we're all very upfront, particularly sort of, uh, from my experience, if people are, are struggling, one. Yeah, the other guys and girls on the watch will probably notice because we yeah. we virtually live with each other day in day out. Yeah, so you pick up on all these little things, and also if someone's struggling, they'll generally put their hand up and say, "I, I think I just need to, even if it's just, can we just talk through?" And that really helps people. Yeah, it definitely. really helps if you sit down together, you talk through the incident, 
because you actually come around to the realization that you did all you could. Yeah. You know, a lot of, a lot of firefighters struggle with the mantra of, did I do everything right? Did I, did I do this right? Was I quick enough doing this? Yeah. Was it right to go in that door? Yeah. And when you discuss it, you actually come around to the realization of, yeah, you did do everything right. And, and that, that helps a lot of like, the guys and girls on the watches out definitely talking. Um, is now seen as a, as a as almost like a standard. It, it yeah. should be talking about it. Absolutely, because I think that's what it is. Is I think people will naturally always think that did I do enough? Did I, you know, did I? If I, yeah. you know, and that is that if when you know they'll always question themselves. We, yeah. we will do as humans, and I think that's something that I kind of and I know one of the biggest lessons I learned over over a period of time was the controllables. So what you know, concentrate on what you can control, not what you can't. And you know, you've been it, reading all these books. <laughs> oh, I've had a I've had a good read through, yeah, yeah. But I think it was it, yeah. is that, I think it's something that's actually quite a good one as well, because it's within any scenario based, you know, you've got to look at it as those those controllables in life anyway. And I think it's something that's really important that it has got to be put out there, you know, because people that's the first thing people do. They'll always question themselves on did I do enough? If I'd have done this, yeah. could I have done this? Could I have done that? But what they've got to remember is we are human. We will act and react oh, to a situation. Like when we're obviously from the military side, I know that very well. You react to a situation. So you see something yeah. or something, you kind of get that spidey sense as well that you think something's going to you know, kick off here or something's going to happen and you yeah. kind of then react to it. You know, And I think what it is, yeah. is especially like even saying in the fire service, it's that reaction there. And it, it, it's, it's quite, even though it feels like those few seconds, you know, and it could be, and it's kind of like, did you ever get, do you ever get those like tingly sensations of like in your head thinking, yeah. of like, you know, it's going to happen or something? I think that's why it makes um, veterans in particular really good yeah. firefighters, because you get used to trusting your instinct. Yeah. And um, like you say there, you get that impression of this doesn't feel right. Yeah. And invariably, it probably isn't right, you know? Um, so yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, the, where we're talking about, um, talking through the incidents after what that helps with as well is other people who won't know what's maybe gone, say for example, house fire, they won't know what's gone on inside because they were outside because they didn't go in and it gets them thinking, right. Okay. I would have done that as well. Or, you know, it, it sort of galvanizes you all together. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, fire service instinct, you've just got to, you, you've got to. And I'll tell you another thing that I think veterans do very well is operating in that grey area Yeah. where you've got black, white, and then you've got that big gulf of grey in the middle. Yeah. We're experts at operating in that grey yeah, area. Definitely. You, know, you get away with what you can. Yeah. You know what's right, definitely. You know what's definitely wrong. But you also know the, the areas where you can maybe tweak it a little to, yeah, to, to get the best outcome. Definitely, because I know you have that, like... You know, and I think with self something like you're saying, all them skills that you pick up, I think, like you said, transition to a fire service, and you do have that, like, um, it's almost, it's it's like you have that in your head where you, you can go into a situation and you have, you know, you, you do have something that you pick up on thing. Actually, this, if I go down there, there's something right there or something wrong there. And like you said, you have that gray area where you've got that, that millisecond decisions, but it's which which yeah. door do you take? Do you take it left? Do you take right? You know, and and I think what it is is, it is you know, and, and it's that judgment call really at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, judgment call and backing yourself. I think yeah, that's a big one it's as well. Isn't it? You know, like, yeah, and I think again, that's another massive attribute a lot of 
veterans have is a bit of they have like a bit of moral fibre, yeah. a bit of integrity, and and you'll back yourself. And you know the best part is you'll put your hand up if you do something yeah, wrong. Definitely. So in, if in if in training or something or other, I do it all the time. If I have an incident and I think I've done something wrong, I'll put my hand up and say, "Guys, yeah. I think I got that wrong. I should have done this, and this is the reasons why." And I think that develops a better respect for yourself. Absolutely, because amongst think, your peers, definitely. Because you know? I think that's what it is. Honesty, integrity is is a, is a, is key. It's like accountability. Because I know even if you go into like say situations and you've got you've naturally attuned that that situation awareness anyway of the space you're in, but it's like you know and you you, you kind of think right if you do something and it's you know it can go wrong. There is also that side of things, but it can also go right. But you don't want to overthink. It. You've just got to react it as it's going on. And I think what it is as well, any scenario, if you go into like a house, like I said, a house fire, it could be, right, have we checked every corner of this? You're literally, you're scouring the areas and you're thinking, oh, have we got this right? You know, you're going into a dangerous situation where it is full of smoke. You know, it, you know you're know, you struggling under that kit because that kit does ton, you know, weigh a ton, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of the great attributes of that kit, it keeps all the heat out, but it keeps all of yours in as well. Oh, definitely. It's, it's not a pleasant place. Yeah. <laughs> Bit like you know, stick the old NBC gear on it and then go for a run. It's yeah, like, it's like that. Yeah. 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 It is. It is. Jesus. Yeah. Gosh, yeah uh, NBC. <laughs> oh, no. Soldier 95 kit as well. It's like. Well, that was like the that was like the Gucci stuff at the time. That was when it first came out. I started my training. You had all the old greens on. Yeah. And then when you got to commando phase, it was uh, you got issued your, your combat ninety five. It was like a, a little badge of honour walking around Linston. And you had the go- you had even had the the um, oh they had the, the the waterproofs, but they were they were actually designed. I don't know. Gore-Tex. Designed. Yeah, the Gore Tex, but it was actually designed by I don't know. It was Hanson. Helly Hanson had some. You know, there was some really good kit come out. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was um it was like a rite of passage when you got to commando week. Uh, sorry, the commando phase, you get issued your CS95, so you'd look different yep. to the rest of the recruits around the, uh, the, the camp. Yeah, it was great. But, um, yeah, man, it's, I, the military teaches us a lot, doesn't it? I think it does, really. I think it a, does. It's almost like a 360 like, view of things, of how all the skills, but we, at a time going through it, you just think, oh, this is hunger, no, this is, you know, gob and all. You know, this is, you know, are you literally putting on, you know, your, your NBC gear, your S10 respirator, you, you know, and they're, they're ripping it off, you're breathing a good bit of CS gas in, you know, I love that stuff. Yeah. It? You know, you, your eyes are screaming, but, you, you know, you're going through these, it's only till afterwards or, you know, you've do, do, gone through training or you haven't, you know, spinning some discs with the lads and then, you know, you just burst out laughing because it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It, it, you know, and you realise you've all been through the same stuff. Yeah, exactly. No matter what regiment, you, you, yeah. you've you've all pretty much done the same thing, and it's yeah. it's just hilarious. And you all you've all come out with the same sort of life lessons. You know, I always remember um, the corporals telling me that you'll never have some days as hard as this in training, and yeah. he's right still to this day. Yeah. He's still right, you know, because <laughs> it's it's like you're always going to train at a higher level. So then, when it does, the hard times do come. It becomes easy because yeah. it becomes second nature. Although, like having that uh, having that SA eighty and having to keep forward in the system, it was like nah, bad day. Especially when you're getting jams. It's like the A one. I know. Honestly, I, I could have. I, I, I probably uh, threw out more harder swear words than you know, that kit. You know, and that weapon system. Yeah, and then you had the you had, the, you had HK do the A two, didn't you? The yeah. Remodeled one. 
and they put it all down to the cock and handle, the shape of the yeah. cock and handle. Well, it was like, literally a big bar like that sticking out, and you literally had to pull it back yeah. and then push it forward and forward assist yeah. it. And, and it would catch it would... every round coming out, yeah. yeah. It literally, how many jams it was about? I mean, you've got three rounds you fired. Oh, it's ridiculous. It was, it was like, yeah. how can you operate in that? And I know they had, to, they only had to put the um, dust cover on it because of the Gulf War. And that's the only reason, because all the sand getting in it. And then yeah. literally, it's like, I might as well just throw the uh, the weapon at the person because it would have probably done more damage. Yeah, yeah, I'd, it'd have been a better aim from me as well. Yeah, exactly. It's like literally <laughs> just throw it at me. It's you know a horrible bit of kit, you know. But you know things have improved though, um, really. Which is one thing I have seen that have you know, and I think what it is is everything. Like that's why I love speaking to people like yourself and all the other lads and any you know in and that, that's why I look at that personal evolution, personal development. And you kind of you you kind of pick up all these little tricks, but I mean, how did uh, Breakpoint come around then? Um, so I um, saw uh, Breakpoint, and uh, I knew a couple of the guys that were already doing it. Yeah. So I um, sent a message through to uh, Laura, which is Laura Gando, which is Ollie's yeah. fiance, and um, she said, "Well, come on down if you want." And, uh, yeah have a look at the weekends and everything. And um, it just went from there then. I just ended up um, being asked to you know, be one of the instructors there. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's brilliant. It's, it's amazing. I love it. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, uh, definitely. Because I know, like, obviously, read up on, obviously, all the guys are obviously working there. And then you've got people like Radders as well, Dave Radband. Yeah. Uh, he's an absolute legend, you know, top bloke. Um, and I think he's he's powering yeah, he's not so bad. <laughs> Keep it at that level. But like, um, no, nah, definitely. It's, it's one of those things, because I actually said this, and I actually thought myself, you know, because it's something, events like that, we, if you think about it, in the last 10 years, how this has all evolved. You know, people yeah. are actually saying, I want to do this. Tough mudder. People want to push themselves. Yeah. People want to push themselves. And then they see, obviously, the TV series. And... Um, they're prepared to take that step and go, do you know what? I'm going to have a go. I am going to challenge myself because, and that's what I love about Breakpoint. Breakpoint, we get all sorts of people, different backgrounds, different upbringings. And you know what? It's at the end of the, the end of the weekend, the change. And it was a, it was a, a, a phrase coined in the Marines. It was always, I remember instructor going to engage the top two inches. Yeah. That's the most important part. Because you know your body's going to give up long before your mind. Oh, does. definitely. And and you see that on all on all the weekends we run, you have people turn up straight away, look at something, can't do that. Yeah. You know, and it's a flat out can't do that. Well, let's just try it. Let's just yeah. have a go. I think they surprise themselves of what they're doing. You know, yeah. there's um, there was always one girl I remember on one of the weekends, absolutely terrified of heights. By by the end of the second day. She's pleading to have another go on the fast stroke tower. Yeah. You know, can't get her off it. And, and it's just like, you know, if I'd have left you to your mindset when you turned up, you wouldn't have even gone up the stairs for that. Absolutely. Because I know I was obviously chatting with Glenn Roberts. Um, and, uh, and, yeah. He, yeah, and Glenn was like, because we were on this conversation. And it was, it's amazing how in, like, say, the last 10 years, how everything's just boomed. This business has just boomed. But I think oh, another thing as well, it's a, it's a really good one, because I know I kind of threw it out there in a way that, like, you know, this is what, like, even for veterans, you know, veterans would, you know, go and do weekends, go and, like, you know, because we were talking, I think it was me and B 
Big Joe, British Roger, he's telling about the adrenaline and what we experienced. Because I said, because yeah. I kind of had this theory of like, obviously, PTSD. Is it one of the attributes where the lads that, that you know, think about it, operating at that adrenaline height there and then coming out of that scenario and how it just drops. And it's like, lads want to, you know, they, they need something to, you know, to fuel this. And, you know, and I think what it is, is, is that not what it, one of the attributes to, you know, a lot of the trauma and a lot of the problems lads have faced now because they've experienced those massive highs. Yeah. But now it's like they're kind of struggled. They want to get back in there. And I know. Yeah, I you're, you're kind of chasing like, it. Yeah, you're chasing yeah, you're that. Kind, that, you're, that, you're that you're kind of chasing that. I know yeah, I absolutely. I uh, mean, me, me and Radders speak about this quite often, yeah. that you sort of, you're chasing that that adrenaline that you had when you're doing like, you know, when you're house clearing for real, yeah. that's that's yeah. adrenaline, you know, and there's there's nothing else that's going to no. compare to that, but you still continually try and chase it. Well, that's one thing, because I know and, uh, I said about the, um, I said it almost like it was the world's biggest adrenaline junkies, if you think it was like adrenaline junkie club. It was like, yeah. you literally, you, you literally just, you know, adrenaline. And I mean, I've done combat courses and a lot of fighting and stuff like that. And that, that rush of something. And then it, 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 like, it's almost, it's, it's almost like, reckless. If you yeah, think it about it, it's almost it reckless that you want to put yourself in that much danger just because of how it makes you feel. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of like you crave it, don't you? You feel like, I mean, it's even mm. times now when I think I see something. Does it ever happen to yourself? And I know obviously Rallies are probably to put, put a big, big thumbs up at this one. But I mean, you see something and you think, well, I want to do that. And it's something completely crazy yeah. or reckless. And you think, I've got to do it. I want to do that. Yeah. Even or it's or you're even worse, you're looking at it going, or even worse, you're looking at it going, I reckon I could do that better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, definitely. but um, yeah, we're still getting out. I mean, you mentioning like Rallies there. So, um, on, on one of the weekends last year, and we, we, was, we were laughing about this. Um, the, we've got like this big um, ad sale fast rate broken yeah. tower at Breakpoint. Um, and it's got a, uh, a metal grid floor when you're at yeah. the top, so you can see through it straight to the ground. And me, Radders, uh, Ollie, and Foxy were all there waiting to do a, a fast rope demonstration. Yeah. And we're all looking around, and all four of us go, it's quite high this actually, isn't it? You know, <laughs> and even now, like, you're like, you know, like Radis, Radis is, he'll openly tell you, Para scared of ice. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, you've got like, you know, two really experienced SBS, like former SBS lads as well. And yeah. all four of us are going, because you don't here, think about it, it do you? <laughs> you don't think about no. it. I mean, if you think about it, even going through training and they say, right, to the top now. And you're literally going up these ropes, but then you look yeah. down and you're like, you don't think about it. You're literally not thinking about it. It's only way till you're older. It's almost like we are, if you think about that period of time, we're, we're, it's like reckless, isn't it? You have that child mentality yeah. and the fact that you, you just don't think anything's going to hurt you. You think you're invincible. You think, you, you know, nothing's impossible. It's just it's mindset. It's just solid. Yeah, I, I think as well, you, I, th- I think you think back then when, in your younger self, you've got like, Got much less to lose or yeah. the consequences are much less you think about yourself you're rather selfish yeah, think, yeah. A, a, a yeah. younger military age and like you say you're absolutely right you know they just open the door of helicopter and the rope yeah. would go out yeah and you know next yeah. to it you're 90 it's 90 foot you know, fast rope think nothing of it you just down it done yeah, it's like a job, isn't it? You just thing. think, right, gone, done. Or they used to yeah. tell us to do, like, sh- you know, when you know, that scenario and using survival suits, like, in the water and jump off this pier. And it's like, you know, it's like the, the height of a house. And you literally just jump off it yeah. straight in the water, right? Do your drills. And you don't think nothing of it. But, you you know, or they tell no. you to do this, do this. And you're like, you don't, it's literally, it does not pass your thought of, like, that's actually dangerous. 
Yeah. All, all you think about is being ripped by the lads if you don't do <laughs> you it. Don't, yeah. so that's that's what it is. It's just, Especially if on, like, on the leopard crawling, you've got to do, you know, the regain, and then they're like, oh, you know, that's it. You know, you're in the algin, oh. you know. Yeah. But, but good uh, time. Yeah, I think, like, like you say, it's, it's, it is, it's a reckless time, because yeah. I think, like you say, you're chasing that um, adrenaline. But then I think later on in life, like, like you and me sat here now, yeah. there's nothing that comes close to doing that. No. Some of the things you did in the military, nothing comes close. No. And, and you've just got to accept that, I think. I think that's the hardest part. I think that's what a lot of people struggle with because they, they, they have that, like, basically, it's like they have that shot of adrenaline. They have that experience. And it's like, it's like you're saying, something they want back because it, it, it's, that good, it's that feel-good factor. And you, you kind of yeah. look at those. That's a really important part. And I think that's another, like I said, I've, I've jumped on this quite a lot and looked into it. There's a lot of the lads have basically said the same thing. Yes, it's come out, you know, they're having the lads there, you know, you know, they're having the banter, the you know, dark humour, you know, everything like that. But it was the adrenaline that they, a lot of them are like, oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. And it's like, that's the first yeah. thing they jump back on. And I think what it is, especially like that, obviously they, they point break and, you know, veterans jump on board on these weekends because, you know, this is something that they need that outlet. I know Big Joe, he, we were saying that, and it was literally, you need that outlet. You need something where you can go yeah. to, get, the, you know, get your adrenaline rush, really. And like you're saying, you've got like Ollie and Foxy and their tempo was even higher. I mean, obviously, Radders, yeah. you know, it's all like worked at a high level anyway. But it's really, you know, like you said, nothing I'll ever compare to that. You know, there's nothing, no. there's no roller coaster, no like, death slide in the world that'll ever no. replace it. No, that's a really interesting comment there that's just been put up now. It's very similar to what we've just been saying. That I liken that there where it's um, yeah. saying about um, kids that have suffered trauma think they're invincible. Yeah, that's very similar to what we were saying before yeah. about um, yeah, lads that will be out on ops and yeah. they're just chasing that adrenaline as they almost want to get into a firefight. Yeah. They go out there looking for it, isn't it? Like, they say, I think, right, we we'll want to just bring it on, just put rounds yeah. down, just go and get and send it. You know, you just, you literally, you want to get in there, get the job done. And I think it is that thing, like you said, it's a how you react. First time scenario, like myself, I never served front line, I've always been honest about that. Yeah. But obviously, a lot of the training I've done was based on real time. And I found that myself, yeah. that rush, you just want to keep going back into it and going back into it because you loved it. Yeah. Even though you, you were literally at a point of like, am I doing right or wrong? You know, am I, uh, do I do this? Do I do that? But you don't really, not really question yourself, but you are in a sense. But then, yeah. you, then you're like, it's afterwards that you feel that rush and you're like, that's it. Or when you're flying in, in helicopters. And I know when we, like I said about Argus, and I know when we flew off Argus back on, down the cold roads, it was like, whoa, that, that, you know, and it's the most, if people think, oh, it must be great flying in helicopters. It's the loudest. It's like sitting in the tumble dryer, isn't it? It's literally yeah, uncomfortable. Sat on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 honestly. Yeah. People think it's it's a great experience flying helicopters. Honestly, it's it's you literally shaking. You, you think of a, like a tumble dryer. You might as well go and sit in that because that's what yeah. it is. It's loud. Things feels like it's going to fall apart. It does. It's shaking everywhere. It's like literally that, and you're like, whoa, yeah. you know, until you get to it lands back on, and you're like, I'm glad to get off that. Yeah, and it and it didn't help. Like I. Never trusted helicopter since we had to do the helicopter dunking drills. That was oh. like, that's just all that taught me is that if this helicopter goes into the water and I'm in it, I'll probably yeah. die in it because yeah. it's just, it's just chaos. Yeah. You know, absolute chaos. But um, yeah. again, see, that's another thing. You know, like you're going on about adrenaline there. You're being dunked into the yeah. water in a, in, a, in a helicopter fuselage, it's turned upside down and it's in the dark. 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, you think about every step of the way, there was that adrenaline-based, wasn't it? Everything was adrenaline-based. But I think yeah. that's also, it's a good thing, because I always look at it, there's positive stress and there's negative stress, and it's which one do you let control more in your life? And I yeah. think what it is, is you've got to look at once again, those areas, you've got positive, you've got negative, and there's always, you've got to have a mix of both, I think, on any situation. Yeah. You've got to have those elements there. And I think of any, because you can be quite like, like you said, quite, quite reckless in that way. And I think what in every experience, yeah. and especially training, you're getting that adrenaline rush and you just want to keep doing it and doing it. And that's why lads keep going yeah. around more and more. And I know, obviously, with because you would have probably spent a lot of time on the junglies as well on the Sea Kings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny yeah. enough, you had um, uh, Lakota, didn't you? Yeah, I see you repping yeah. the old cap there as well. Ah, uh, yeah, I know, bless him. Um, but yeah, like like I said, there the the commando helicopter force. Um, yeah. We did lots of stuff with them, and it, yeah. it's great. Is uh, um, they were they were really good, really good to be yeah. fair. Absolutely. But, that... uh, yeah, you, and you were, you were touching on a point there, which is, is quite good, because uh, that's something that um, Ollie's taught all of us on Breakpoint quite a lot, is about the, you know, reinforcing that positive sort of mindset, yeah. because it will trickle down to everyone else. Yeah. You know, yeah. if, you're, if you're always seen as a positive character, if you're always, you know, you're finding the positives in everything, um, it's an addictive thing in itself. Yeah. People want to be positive around yeah. you because they don't want to be that. You end up thinking, am I the one like negative one? You know? Yeah. You know? Cause you can be so, your, your worst enemy, isn't it? Really? You can be that, but you, your own worst enemy in a sense where you think and something like that's why I think that's another attribute of the military, which is really good. You know, when everybody's in a good state because they're, you know, they're gobbing off or they, you know, throw, you know, throwing some banter and, you know, abuse at people. Cause yeah. you know, there's nothing, you know, you've got a back, you know, like literally like there's anything goes, anything goes in the military. Yeah. And I think what it is, it makes you a strong person. But I think once you, but it's when everybody's quiet, that's when you've got to be careful. Yeah. Because that's, that but that's like dangerous. They, but they generally pick you back up, don't they? Cause yeah. Like if you're in a, in a small, like say, you know, four or six man team of lads, if one of the guys got his head down, then yeah. generally they'll be like, right, come on, switch on, spark yeah. up, you know? Yeah. And you feel like, oh yeah, I can't let the, I can't let the guys down. Yeah, you know, and I think that's another um, one. It breeds that positivity where, like you're saying, especially that one, be that lead by example, be the best version that you can be. And yeah. I think once it is, is once people see you do that and think, and, and plus, I think it was Foxy said something, I think I watched it the other day, and he was saying about like it was the best thing he ever did was open up about his struggles because he says now the arm has been taken off, and he's like, Well, what more can you say, really? You know, he's open. Yeah. And I think that's the most honest thing. You've got to be brutally honest with yourself. You, and and it's yeah. that's as well. You know, we all make mistakes or we all do th you know, right things, wrong things. And I think it's about that accountability. And I think the other part of it is, is be always like take that positive out of any negative. No matter what the situation is, it's always a positive there. Withdraw that, push yourself forward. And I think that's what it is. It's always, you know, and, and that's what it is, that whole mindset. And I think that's one of the best attributes anyway. Um, I mean, obviously, I know we're like, rolling on. We could speak for hours. I know we can, there, mate. Um, but what it don't is, even know what the time is. What uh, is Twenty-five. Well, it's about five minutes. But also, I'd like to throw one question at uh, guests. So, if you were to give one piece of advice, what would it be? One piece of advice. I would. My advice would probably be, and I've changed this recently. Yeah. My advice would probably be is, like, whatever you dream for yourself for the future. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that should almost terrify you if it does come true. 
Yeah. Your dream should be that big. It should be that sort of like out there. Yeah. But if you do achieve it, you should be, you know, it should worry you a little that it is coming through and you are getting there. You know, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, you see so many people that just make do. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't believe with making do. I think you should always be pushing, you should always be striving, you should always be trying to develop yourself further. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I think you just you just gotta aim high and just go for it. That's that's my yeah, absolutely. That's the way I sort of look at things. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more because I know like, even for myself. I mean, I didn't. I mean, I had no real qualifications. Even the ones that I looked at from the military meant nothing. It just meant I could use a screwdriver. Really, yeah. that was it. Yeah, I know. I went back to college. I'm mean, obviously I'm still currently trying to obviously because of COVID situation trying to get the, the management um, qualifications t- signed off. But obviously I did the mental health course, and it was just through like say Alison. Mm-hmm. It was actually through Radders. He did the Alison course, and it was literally I saw it and I was like, oh right, I'll have a go at that. And, it, and oh yeah, level, yeah, he's told me a couple of things yeah, about it. Yeah, and I've done the, then I've done the level two um, online course, and that was that took about four months. But it's literally I, I wanted to get better qualification myself, but also that's why I went down the route of obviously learning the mental health part as well from like, not yeah. just myself, but also to help other people because I think it is you've got that personal learning, personal development. Put keep like I said, keep pushing it because what's yeah, the point of keep being comfortable? Yourself. Stay in that comfortable situation. You're not going to evolve. You're not going to become better. And plus, there's exactly. also people around you are not going to, you know, like you say, you can surround yourself with positive. You'll be, you, you know, you'll always be positive. But also, yeah, you, it you kind it. of, you knock on effect, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like you say, I just, I just hate seeing people making do. Yeah. With you know, uh, you know, it's not really what I want to do, but you know, you know, and I, I just think, God. Oh, you only get one shot of this. Yeah. You only get one shot of this. So just go for it. You know. Exactly. I oh, think it's see, just having the, the courage, the courage to do that. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Hey, Stu. Hey, Stu. But yeah, definitely courage. I think that's what it is. Well, and especially with I've seen Ben as well. Ben Williams jumped on there. It's like, and, and I think that what it is, oh, yeah. is, especially with the commando, like that commando ethics and that. I think what it is when you look at it. It is adversity, you know. It, everything when you tick off them, it, it, it's a structure, it's a foundation. That's someone I've been working on a long time, and I try and promote it myself. Create that structure, create that purpose, find your purpose, keep moving forward. Because you've got to really, if you don't have a foundation, it'll always fall flat. Yeah. So you've got to, do, you know, you've got to build that. And I know, obviously, just coming up for the last two minutes here, and I think what Sorry. it is is, you know, and I, what I've seen that like yourself, that yourself there that transition of like, like you say, go for the Marines and obviously into the fire service. Um, and then you obviously work alongside Point Break as well. Um, and, and I see that there's a very positive, you know, scenario. There's a very positive evolution for yourself. And I mean, what's your biggest yeah. lesson you've learned from all that? Would you say? Um, biggest lesson. I think to be honest, um, having that, um, We've spoken about this already. The integrity with yourself, being honest with yourself. Yeah. You know, I think I think if you're honest with yourself about where you want to be and what you want to do, yeah, that sets out your plan for you. Yeah. Don't definitely. try and be honest. Don't try yeah. and be honest to someone else's game plan yeah. because it's not yours. If you yeah. want to do it, you you have to put things in place to do it because no one else is going to do it for no. you. No, because you've got to have that. You've got to have that. I always like to say you keep you start with a base. I always used to structure it on the three. So you've got like your foundation. You then start once yeah. you start building your foundations, do the basics well, 
then get up to the next level. So you've created that and you've, it's always taken that, that next up the ladder almost. And it's like, you, you've got to keep, constantly keep pushing yourself. Cause I used to say about the, they say the mountain scenario where people say, oh, it's very high up there. Or it's, it's too tall or it's not, you know, have you seen up there? And I always used to say, well, give me the, you know, give me the right equip, you know, the equipment, the right kit. And you know, which direction is it? And I'll go. Forget about everything yeah. else, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, just rolling up to the last twenty seconds here. But you know, massive appreciate that information, mate. Oh, you know, mate, my pleasure. Thank you for asking me. No, it's absolutely been brilliant. And I will definitely return back on this in time to come as well. Um, so, like I said, I'll put you lot your stuff up there. But we'll catch up soon. Okay. Thanks a lot, mate. No worries, mate. Thanks. Cheers now. No worries. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Thank you. Bye, Catch mate. you again.